Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Trey Lyle, and we've got a lot to get into on today's episode. It is mid-August, really, by now, and we've got some playoff races heating up. We've got some contenders playing against each other as the... uh, season winds down and we get into the pennant races the division races everything starting to see who's really contending this season it's an exciting time in major league baseball trey how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good you know i'm uh just chilling here uh in my quote-unquote studio that i've built uh with my old laptop so uh but uh excited to see your your beautiful face and uh ready to talk some baseball (laughs) trying to flatter me over here uh yeah (laughs) we've got a lot of baseball to talk about let's kick things off with our uh, our usual mvps of the week you look back at the last week in major league baseball who are you going to pick as your mvp in the past seven days that's tough i'm gonna go with the guy who's kind of uh become you know it's getting, I'm not going to say he's like Mariano Rivera, but with the entrance, with the way he's playing, it's Mariano Rivera-like, and it's in the same city. How about Edwin Diaz? You know, his entrance has become kind of the thing in baseball over the last couple of days, you know, with the trumpets and the vibe, and, and he has been phenomenal this season. Clearly the best closer in baseball right now, and is a big reason why the Mets are a legitimate threat in the National League, and you know, the Mets let the Braves right back close to a half game. And then all of a sudden it was, it was on, it was on like Donkey Kong and it looked like a race. And then the Mets this past weekend kind of created the distance they needed to, to develop that, that length. I think they got it up to six games now because they, they went out and, and whip the Braves over the weekend, and we'll get into that in a moment, but I'll go with Edwin Diaz. All right. Interesting choice, but I, I appreciate it. I respect it. Uh, yeah, he's having a really good season this year. And, you know, I, obviously I'm not a Mets fan, but he's he's struggled in the past, and Mets fans were really unhappy with him. And so it's good for them to see him turning around and be one of the best closers in the league like he was when he was with Seattle. So good pick, good pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Nolan Arenado, who actually took home the honors of player of the week for MLB this past week. Uh, in his past six games, he's batting 476 with a 560 on base percentage and even 1,000 slugging percentage. Three home runs, eight RBIs, 10 hits in six games for the Cardinals for Nolan Arenado. And, you know, right behind him this week is Paul Goldschmidt, who is leading the way in the National League MVP race. Over the past six games for Goldschmidt, he's batting 389 with two home runs and six RBIs. So those two guys are having fantastic stretches right now. And Goldschmidt, like I said, he's the front runner for National League MVP, and he's not slowing down at all. So 
props to those two guys for the week that they just had. Cardinals are looking pretty good right now. In uh, obligatory Aaron Judge moment, he hit a home run again last night. Uh, we'll get into the Yankees' struggles, but uh, that guy's still going. Uh, he, I think he had his longest stretch, four games without a home run, and he hit one last night in the ninth against Seattle to get that win, and that's 44. He is on pace, 465. So uh, that is my the Aaron Judge moment brought to you by no one because we're unsullied by sponsorship in the words of Ernie Johnson. All right, what is the best thing you saw in baseball over the past week, Trey? All right, so I'm a dog guy. I love dogs. They're great. Okay. The Mariners adopt a clubhouse dog, uh, and yeah. so every content with that, just shout out to the Mariners and their puppy. It, it's, been, uh, it's been pretty great to see great content, but they, uh, they adopted Tucker. He's a four-year-old Labrador retriever from the Oaken Dogs Dog Rescue located in Kashmir, Washington. So the organization called the Mariners earlier in the summer when Tucker arrived at the rescue center. Before becoming an official team member, Tucker had to undergo an in-depth scouting process from team personnel. So shout out to, to the Mariners. Shout out to Tucker, a cute little pup that is now the clubhouse dog of the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I started following Tucker on Twitter. He is a very adorable dog, and that's that's cool content. Uh, you know, the Capitals have done something similar. They've raised service dogs the past couple of years. Uh, and I remember working for them when I was living in D.C. and being around the dog captain. It was it's always cool when teams adopt a dog and keep them around the team like that. And the players love it, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the best thing that I saw in baseball this week, of course, last week we talked about iconic baseball broadcaster Vince Scully passing away at the age of 94. Uh, Dodgers were on the road when he died, and so their first series back home was against the San Diego Padres this weekend, and they took time to honor Vin Scully at Dodger Stadium. And Dave Roberts, out on the field, led the entire stadium, 50,000 people, in a, a chanting of it's time for Dodger baseball, which is, of course, how Vin Scully would open up all of his broadcasts. So. That was just really cool to see. You watch the video, you hear 50,000 people saying that all at the same time, paying tribute to Vin Scully. I uh, got chills watching it. So that is the best thing that I saw in baseball this week. And of course, still uh, still mourning Vin Scully, still remembering all the great times in baseball with him on the call. One of the, the best of all time, and he will be missed throughout the baseball world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the all the memories that came back, all the stories he told during broadcast came up and it, it just showed why he's the greatest. And simply put, Vince Scully is going to be missed every day. And he is on a short list of impactful people in the game of baseball and will always will be. For sure. For sure. All right. <clears throat> Let's dive into what's happened over the past week in Major League Baseball. Uh, some of the contending teams are struggling a little bit right now, including each of our favorite team and a team that made a big splash at the deadline, the San Diego Padres. So let's dive into this right now. Look at the start with the NL West and the Padres. They're on a five game losing streak. They're five and five in their last 10 games. So they got swept 
by the Dodgers this past weekend in Los Angeles. And then they lost last night one to nothing against the Giants. They're not doing so hot since acquiring Juan Soto and Josh Bell at the trade deadline. And of course, this was the move that a lot of people were like, all right, the Padres are going to take over the or take over the, the Dodgers in the NL West this year. The Padres could move up and win the division. They could win the World Series now that they have made this move and brought in these two offensive sluggers. But they're struggling a little bit. And Juan Soto, in his time with the Padres this year, doesn't have a home run. He's only got a couple of hits. I mean, he, he he's he's hitting the ball, but he's not hitting for power with San Diego yet. I don't think it's time to get super worried, but it is interesting for the Padres. You look at how they've done since the deadline. Only a short or a, a small sample size, but it's not looking good. Yeah, if you're the Padres, you make this big deal for Juan Soto and you think it's going to be an instant impact and you think it's going to finally give you the chance to, you know, win a series against the Dodgers. Like, that would be something they want to do. And none of that has happened so far. You know, they get swept by the Dodgers. I think it was like 30 of the last 35 times they've played, the Dodgers have won, which is insane to think about. And, you know, I think the Padres believe they're they're closer to the Dodgers than what what's showing on the field. But, you know, Manny Machado said, we can beat these guys. Well, Manny, I have some news. You have to prove it. And they haven't been able to prove it. And they're only one game up. Now, Atlanta, Atlanta was right there with the Mets. And really, in this past series, could have taken control of the NL East. And they failed to do it. And that that's not ideal. And I think if you're the Mets, you're building up. Like, you got to grow them back. And that was kind of the turning point. And then, They've kind of built that off that momentum and they built sort of a gap up. It's like two and a half games now. So it's still, they still have a shot in this, but I think the Mets have all the momentum in that race. And then moving to New York, I think this is just a team that is in a, a slump. Like they, they won last night. I, I, I think it's different compared to the other two because they, the only thing they have to play for right now is, home home field in the American League, which their mindset is they'll play anywhere based off of the questions Aaron Boone took after the Astros series when the Astros basically have the tiebreaker of the Yankees. So I'm the least concerned about the Yankees just because they've played the best out of the three teams and are the clear championship contender. Out of the other two, you're, you know, you need to show me, I think Atlanta to a lesser degree because we've seen them do it. I mean, San Diego needs to just show me, like, to not collapse again. And if you're Atlanta, like, you want to win that division because you don't want to face a really good team in that wild card. You want to be able to get that by and, and move on. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the Mets are seven games ahead of the Braves in the NL East right now. So they have um, – yeah, they have – Put a little distance between them and the Braves. Uh, it was a tough series. The Mets won Thursday night. The Braves came back. They won, crushed them on Friday night. A big offensive showcase by each team Thursday and Friday night. Then Saturday, it's a doubleheader. Max Fried versus Max Scherzer. And the Mets end up winning that one. They win game two. And then they win on Sunday. So they won four out of five games in this series, which is really disappointing if you're the Braves, because you think, you know, a five game series, you're going to be able to win at least, at least two, 
hopefully three or more. And they end up winning just one game against the Mets. So really disappointing series by the Braves. Uh, Spencer Strider, who is a favorite for rookie of the year in the National League, he had some interesting comments after one of the games against the Mets this weekend. He said that they've just been having a lot of luck offensively right now. It's August. We'll see how things go when it's October. It's a pretty bold statement for him to say. I mean, he's a he's having a really good year. He's a great pitcher right now for the Braves. But to come out and say that after you just get demolished in a couple of innings, I mean, that that's a really <laughs> pretty bold move to say or pretty bold comments against the team that is you know, the best in the National League right now, or the best in your division, at least second best in the National League. Um, so, you know, it's, it's surprising that he would come out and say that. I like the confidence, but you just got to be careful with those comments because you, you, look at, you look at his actual stats from that game. This was uh, Sunday against the Mets. He pitched just two and two-thirds innings Gave up four earned runs on six hits. And after the game, he says they're having a little bit of luck offensively. Look, I like the confidence, but I don't know. I don't know if he could chalk it all up to luck. Yeah, you got to prove it. I mean, it's simple as that. You, You just have to, like, prove it at this point especially this point in the season, no matter what team you are, because we are, this is it. Like we're about to hit the run, like the, the final push. But he is right. It is August. And you know, every game matters at this point, but it matters more in October. So we will see how things go in October, but you you trying to become an SEC podcast. Cause it, it just means more. (laughs) It just means more. Can we, can we talk about the greatest story of the season? Uh, the sure. Baltimore Orioles, despite trading all their best players, are still are have been playing great since the deadline, and are only one game back in the wild card. They still could do this. They, they are could. they're a 500 team in their last 10. Um, they didn't lose last night, but I mean, you could theoretically. Like, this shows how good the NL East is despite the Yankees' big lead. Like, the last place team in the NL East is 50, is the Red Sox at 54 56. Um, but you could have three NL East teams make it. And it, it's kind of cool to see the, you know, historically the best division, which like every year it used to be like a layup. The NL East is the best, or the AL East is the best division in baseball. Like, they're kind of reestablishing that with Toronto and Tampa and, and Baltimore playing as well. And Boston's had its moments this year. Obviously, Yankees being the the flag bearer, so that's cool to see. Uh, so, like we said, uh, as fans of baseball, it'd be cool to see a Mariners Orioles wild card series or wild card um, as the two wild card teams, which could happen. So, but could shout happen. out to the O's. Shout out to the O's. I mean, it, it just would be convenient to have the closest driving, you know, playoff game, like the closest playoff team for us to have a playoff game, which actually is the Nats, but. They're close enough. They're, they got no shot. Yeah, the Nats don't. The O's do. So, yeah, no, they're they're having a really good season, um, all things considered. And the fact that they are, you know, above five hundred, still in the wild card race. You know, 
it does say a lot about the the effort they've put in to rebuild this team. And, you know, I know we talked about it last week, but the fact that they were able to restrain themselves at the trade deadline and not, you know, get caught up in the recent success that they were having and try to throw all their plans out the window and try to win a year ahead of schedule. It says a lot about the effort that they're putting into this, the plan that they have that they're, you know, they're looking long-term, you know, they could have very easily said, wow, we're playing really well right now. We're in a wild card spot. Let's change up our strategy and try to have a really good end of the year this year. But they stuck with the plan. They traded away some of their really good players and they kept their prospects. They have a good outlook for the future. And, you know, they might make a playoff or make a wild card spot this year. They might not, but either way, it looks like they are set to compete in the coming years. So props to the Orioles for, for everything that they're doing, their, uh, their long-term plan. It looks like it might just work out for them. Uh, real quick, back to the Yankees real quick. The team that, um, you know, like you said, they're the best team in baseball. They might be struggling a little bit. They're, uh, they, they won against the Mariners last night. They're out there in Seattle playing a series right now. They were struggling a little bit. You know, this was yesterday before their game against the Mariners. They were 6-11 and 11 since the All-Star break and 9-16 and 16 in their past 25 games. So not great. But, you know, like you said, they've been playing well all season. They're the best team in Major League Baseball. I don't think it's time to get too worried yet. It is unfortunate that Matt Carpenter left last night's game with a fractured foot. So I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have for the Yankees going forward. But I, I do think that it's not time to get super worried yet. They are still a very good team. And I think that they've got a, a pretty good hold on the division. I don't think that there's any real chance of them giving that up. But we'll see. We'll see. You know, September baseball is a wild thing and we're still it's august 9th right now we're still a little ways away from that but september baseball you never know what's going to happen you see all kinds of collapses see all kinds of teams make surges in the standings so it's an exciting time in the season and it's not like they were playing bad teams they you know lost two to seattle and then got swept by the cardinals who are a really good team and this is a team that you know if they get harrison bader back you know, who they just traded for, who's injured and hasn't played yet. That'd be interesting to see because that gives them their everyday center fielder defensively, which I think adds another layup to it. But it was cool to see Matt Carter's, you know, he was putting like Barry Bonds-like numbers in, in you know, that, that few at bat. So I really hope he gets back. You know, Stan's on, Stan hasn't played lately. That was more of a rest, rest period. He should come back within the next day. So uh, there's... They're in Seattle. If they, you know, win tonight, uh, they they should be fine. I, I expect that the Yankees will be okay. It just kind of, you know, every team goes through a kind of a moment like this. It's just with so many games, you're going to lose a, a few in a row, and that's kind of what happens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So a couple of contenders struggling a little bit. I think they will all – well, I think the Yankees and the Braves will figure it out. I really don't know about the Padres. That's one team that, you know, it looked like they kind of loaded up on superstars 
at the trade deadline. And I'm not sure that it's going to work out. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to see how the season ends for San Diego. Do you think they make the playoffs? Yes, but I think it might be tight. Will they be in the ALDS? (sighs) No. Well, they won't be in the ALDS because they're in the National League. I mean the NLDS. No. Good catch. (laughs) No, I don't think they will. It's going to be an interesting race. Interesting end to the season. Well, any any anything else catching your eye in the world of uh, world of baseball um, that that you've seen lately? I'm just excited for the uh, you know the upcoming week that we got the Braves. Field of Dream Games is this week. Oh yeah, Reds Field Cubs. Dreams, Field of Dreams game is this week. Uh, yeah, tonight. Reds Cubs. Not too uh, not too exciting. Is it tonight or is it Thursday? I believe it is. Thursday, but I'm not. Yes, Thursday. It, it is Thursday. Thursday. The throwback unis look look dope. They do. They do. They so, uh, good uniforms. You know, last year's game was really exciting. You had the Yankees and the White Sox, two teams that were actually in contention, two teams with a lot of superstar players. And this year, it's the Cubs and the Reds. And obviously, you can't really predict that far out how a team is going to do. But there's no reason to get excited about this game other than the location whereas last year was like the location the teams the star power and this year's just like okay the the location that's it i mean the cubs and the reds that's that's not getting anybody excited i completely agree uh especially because the cubs just let go of jason hayward so like literally it feels like Every me- member of that World Series team is gone except Contreras, I think. You know, and obviously their manager is David Ross, so he's part of it. But uh, I, I, you know, I expected more out of the Cubs the last couple of seasons, and they turned for the worse. And they've traded every, you know, they reset. And I, I expected more out of that Cubs core. And now that it's basically gone, it sucks. So, yeah. It, Cubs Reds historic game, you know, two historic franchises. So there's that. Um, and, and for those po- people thinking we know the Pete Rose stuff, and it's just disgusting. He's he's disgusting human being, and it sucks. And I, the the Phillies are going to be the Phillies, and they want to honor him while that was going on. That just sucks. But we yeah, need to talk more about. Yeah, I was go ahead. I don't really know what to say about that. I mean, it's yeah. just not a good, not a good, not situation. a good look. Not yeah. A good, yeah. Not a good look by the Phillies or by Pete Rose. And, you know, I don't know. he was a great player, but we don't really need to give him a platform anymore. I agree, senor. All right. Foul ball, foul area nation. Let's ride. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. As always, you can follow us, give your thoughts on the season at Trey Lyle VT, at Matkins in the news, at Foul Ball Air, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. will also be on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg page as well. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure you listen, subscribe, share it to a friend. And as always, 
Let's ride. Thanks for listening to the Foulball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.